Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with TV Terror. Indeed, a new series from Hollow Weekly. So we love series. We do love. We <laughs> do love motivated. series. And some series are like inspirations that come to us, and some are thrust upon us like yeah. by pandemics and whatnot, right? So yes. no one's seeing a lot of new release movies in theaters for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of movie releases were pushed back, and we're doing what everyone else is doing. We're scrambling and finding old stuff and like whatever. Not just not for the podcast, but just to watch like in, in general for enjoyment, right? Yeah. And I found myself watching more and more TV horror series, and I was like, why don't we do a series where we pick a theme and then find two episode, an episode from two different series that's kind of on the same theme. This week's theme will be mistaken identity. And we'll just do it as a series and kind of yeah. like go back and find some old great TV. And there is some amazing stuff that I forgot even existed in terms of like whole series, let alone episodes. So Mm-mm. we have The Outer Limits. Yes. And we have Amazing Stories. Yes. I was really interested in Amazing Stories and I was like, oh, I want to do a deep dive in it. There's nothing to deep dive in. It just came and went. Like it was a hot flash yep. of a show. I was like, yep. maybe there's some cool behind the scenes or something like that. Fucking nothing. There should be. I mean, the oral history of that would be fascinating. But I, you're right. I mean, well, I look too, and there's not a lot. It came back this year as a show. That's what I'm hearing. But I don't know if it's aired or not. Like that. I think they had, they had. Yeah. Well, they had Brian Fuller from Hannibal attached. So like, right. Oh, they, they could uh, they could be could be like really great. But like, point. I don't know if it's aired or not. Like, like I just kind of like. So here's my through. secret theory. My secret theory is that Steven Spielberg. Must have a grudge against Twilight Zone. I mean, it just he has to because, as I was telling you, when when Amazing Stories came out, it right. was it was like the behemoth on the TV landscape for the weird TV show space. Right, it was right. big budget. Steven Spielberg is attached. It mm-hmm. was going to be huge names, and it came out uh, at the same time as my beloved '80s reboot of Twilight Zone, which I thought was really underrated and had excellent episodes in it. And it was like a fight. Who was going to win, Amazing Stories or Twilight Zone? So then Amazing Stories disappears. No one remembers it exists except for me, and it's gone, right? They had quite a few episodes for two seasons. They did. They did. Well, because they planned for it to be a big deal. And then, lo and behold, Jordan Peele launches a Twilight Zone reboot. And guess what's back? <laughs> Amazing stories. I feel like every time Twilight Zone tries to come back, Steven Spielberg is going to pop up and be like, huh, wait for me. <laughs> like, it's just so weird. Amazing stories. And well, I'll be honest, man. The two that we watched, I mean, we've watched Come to the Head of the Class multiple times in the group. Yep. Because it's really great. Yep. And we watched Mummy Daddy. Mummy, mummy, mummy Dearest. Mummy. Right? Mummy Daddy? Came, well, on the streaming service it said Mummy daddy it might be you're right totally i know so but it came up i put in mummy dearest and right. it came and it came up maybe i misremembered the <laughs> it, whole popped, name. it popped right well it worked it got me to the, the free full <laughs> well, episode of the nbc everyone website. misremembered the name yeah right um mm. out of those two episodes like it's really good see that good. yeah and the fall off in quality is crazy. well that it's, it's crazy you said it because as i was doing the research like to see like what else it did um the titles of these and the uh, stars they had in them. Mm-hmm. It was pretty crazy. Like there was mm-hmm. like the first episode called was called like Ghost Train, mm-hmm. and then I was scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And I saw in season two Danny DeVito's in an episode. I'm mm-hmm. like, they weren't like not trying. No, yeah, they were definitely trying. And even the Twilight Zone '80s reboot had episodes directed by Joe Dante, Wes Craven. There was the one Wim episode, one. yeah, the Wim Freakin. There was an episode starring Morgan Freeman and. A, a few others like great i mean they they were trying too. like it was it's weird because you know there was a there was a post there was like a there was like a era where weirdness was allowed it was sort of that era and then twin peaks came along late 89 90 and just like all of a sudden never i got it right? i got a handle on this <laughs> right exactly i'll show you boys. i'll show you weird right <laughs> I said, you know what's funny i have since we love series i have another idea for series i just want to pitch it to you okay Freaking freaking, where we have William freaking on, William freaking freaking on, and we just talk about whatever he wants to talk about. Doesn't matter, Mom, his choice. I'm open to it All as right, long well, as his head doesn't spin completely around while we're talking. Well, if he does, I'll be like, "That's freaking weird." Freaking weird. Freaking weird. Freaking weird. Amazing. So which one do you want to start off with first? For let's start with, identity. Let's start with outer limits. So we have okay. two episodes that have. 
mistaken identity themes, right? Mm-hmm. And then Outer Limits. So let's let's the the background on Outer Limits is I love Outer Limits. I grew up with it. Love a lot of episodes. I didn't grow up with it, but I grew up with watching the reruns. I'm not quite that old, but you <laughs> haven't seen it, even a single full one until this episode, right? This is it. So this is your introduction to Outer Limits. So tell me, as a as someone new to it, what do you think? Uh, well, it's I immediately got Twilight Zone vibes, right? Like it's hard not to totally. But I love that intro. The intro is great. Like I love how they're like we're taking control of your tele, like mm-hmm. like we're gonna make it really loud or really mm-hmm. soft. I, that was great. So I was like, oh, shit, I think. And it, think about how freaky that was. Because, I don't know. I'm not. I, I don't study science. But I have I have a hunch that that show was pre-remote controls. Oh, like the TVs had a little, like that little. Yeah, board. like, well, they didn't have any remote controls at all. Like, so I think they had to get out of their chairs and change Crank TV. the dial. Right. I think maybe remote controls were that, when that show came out. But think about if you didn't have the ability to change the TV from far away. How freaky it would be if someone was like, "We've taken over your TV," and all of a sudden the picture gets fuzzy and blurry and like whatever. It would have had more impact to them. Right? I really mm-hmm. wish more shows had that like kind of like cheese ball-y mm-hmm. kind of effect because no one really does it no. anymore. Well, no one even really watches title sequences anymore because you just hit skip intro. That's our next series. Skip intro. <laughs> we pitch you a series. Skip <laughs> intro. Skip intro. So that was the episode. <laughs> Thanks for everybody. Download our next forty-five second episode next week. I will say this about Outer Limits. Yes. The music in it was like really, really good. Like there's, there's, there, there, there's things that I think it actually did better than Amazing Stories. I think the, the music, mm-hmm. which is crazy because Danny Elfman and some other dude did the Amazing Stories one. Oh, yeah. But this one just felt like... The music is special. So we've managed to talk all this time and not give them the episode we watched. So this episode is called The Architects of Fear. It's episode three, season one. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the mistaken identity part of it. And and it's it's the plot of this one is is basically Watchmen. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, kind of They're like we're going to like everyone's at arms with each other. What if we make this fake threat to come down to right. unite us all? Right. Very Watchmen. No, it kind of made me hate Alan Moore a little bit because he's such a snotty <laughs> douche. And I'm, he can't be. Uh, and I'm like, OK, but like, but like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. You just added some blue people, like <laughs> yeah. the Watchmen. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wonder if that would work with anything. Just add blue people. I know. We can, we'll watch better. this. We'll pick another Outer Limits episode, like V for Vendetta. Right. We're like, well, guess <laughs> well, what, guess, Alan Moore? Guess what, Alan Moore? You fucked up again. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what this this episode is. And and one of the things that I thought was, I, and I was wondering if you'd catch this because. Uh, you're way more visual than I am, but it, it's one of the few times I remember back in the day when, when I was a kid watching stuff like this, where I, I heard, I got that sci-fi vibe yeah, and it was shadowy and dark, like a noir. Mm-hmm. Usually sci-fi is like really bright and gl- think about forbidden planet. It's like, Neons you know, and this, you know, uh, yellows and reds. This and, gave me uh, a lot of vibes from the thing from another planet. Totally, which we loved. Dude, like, that was like the unsung that was, hero that just like walked yeah, into my life. Totally, one day. but it reminded me of that of like the level of like science they were doing. Like yep. it was very real earnest in what they were doing, and they had to do it. Well, earnest but twisted. Yeah, yeah, it had that Cronenberg <laughs> twang to it. <laughs> so the plot of this is they're they're gonna they're gonna actually transform a person into an alien. Put him into a into a rocket, bring him back to Earth in front of the UN, and act like it's an alien invasion or an advanced ambassador or scout from an alien to spook the Earth into unifying against an outside enemy instead of fighting each other and nuking each other. It was, right. I mean, this is the height of the Cold War. This is like when they really thought they were going to wake up the next day to a nuclear wasteland every day. People were hiding under their desks at school for drills like that. You can see that there was a lot of terror drip dripping over like the episode of that, the, of a nuclear Armageddon. Right? right. So that was kind of what was feeding into uh, how they were handling the plot and whatnot, because otherwise you, I mean, you have to assume that level of terror because otherwise their idea of surgically changing someone to an alien is insane. 
I and it came down to just like getting your name drawn. Yeah, they just drew lots. Dude, if I was sitting there, all the sides are sitting, I was sitting there, and they're like the guy in rolls of paper. He's like Nick. I'm darting out the door. I'm like not, <laughs> not me, dude. No well, sir. Well, let me tell you something. If if here's the thing, <laughs> that couldn't have happened to me. Because they wrote their names on pieces of paper. I would have written Dr. Jerspock or whoever was across the way. Like I would have written my own name on it. Yeah, they didn't check it. No. They, they were just know. like, well, that's the name. <laughs> There's no chance my name would have. Well, actually, we all probably would have done that. They would have written my Everyone, name. Everyone's just crisscrossing. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> it would all would have up the same. Oh, that's, 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 why, that's why my plans <laughs> fail for it. I'm out the door, dude. You're not catching me. But they had an alien like with them in the... The... They did. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I just want to point out how heartbreakingly sad the beginning of this show is now, right? Yeah. Because the, the there's this voiceover. Or it's either voiceover or it's the, the first scientist we meet who's um, g- giving, like, the theory of the case for why they should be doing this. And, and the voice says... Any day now, any day now, there was another nuclear miss. We could destroy ourselves any day. We need an outside threat. If we have an outside threat, like a bacterial invasion, we'll all unify, or a nuclear attack, or an alien, we'll all unify and get together and work together and, like, whatever. And, like, we're sitting here in the middle of COVID-19 with the proof in front of us that that does not unify people anymore, right? So it's just super sad that that used to be the case and probably would have worked then, let's be honest, because, like, America did unify basically World War II post Pearl Harbor, right? right? So, like, it was just so sad when they said they were giving the, you know, what we need is an outside threat, like, you know, UFO or this or, like, global pandemic and we'll just all get together unify <laughs> automatically i'm like oh man <laughs> we won't <laughs> they they if you would go back in time and you're like listen we have the pandemic and they're like is everyone okay yeah all you gotta do is wear a mask so like that's easy everyone should do it. you're like it's not listen no listen people, sorry there's this thing called sorry. orange county apparently exactly <laughs> apparently it's harder than than surgically turning into an alien this is wearing a fucking mask so right yeah. they really take off running by turning the dude into an alien. They do take off running. And that transformation is pretty cool. I, they're, they're, so it's, this is interesting because we're, we're, we're comparing it to amazing stories. Yes. And I think there's one scene in particular that really stood out okay. that I think challenges. I, I'll say this. I think the amazing stories probably won me over more all, all over, but I think this sure. one scene actually probably rivaled my thought of, okay. And it was when he had the hallucinations. Yes. How yes. terrifying was that episode, dude? Or yes. that 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 scene? Yes, terrifying. Because I was watching, I was watching it, and um, I, was, I was sort of getting some work done, and then that scene came up, and like I started, then I like laser focused in on it, right? And then I started to feel myself feel like uncomfortable with it, and I'm like, right. the outer limits is making me feel weird right. from a scene that's super well executed. This made me feel weird, and it, this the part that made me feel weird was. So he narrates. Remember, they got him and he, they're teaching him how to talk in the box once he's transformed into the right. alien. And his silhouette looks really cool in like behind the hospital sheet or whatever they got. Yeah. And um, they're talking to him about what he went through. And he, they go, what are the feelings like? And he's like, it's all scrambled. And then so here's the thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> this has a very um, Cronenberg's The Fly feel to me. So. Yes. That movie still gets to me this day. Of all right, of right, a right. horror movies, that's one of the like handful that can just like that and The Exorcist can still rattle me to this day. Mm-hmm. Exorcist three, right? And this this had that. And even though the effects are way worse than obviously Cronenberg's Fly, and the plot's cheesier, you know, in most respects than Cronenberg's Fly. Although I'd I'd argue some of the acting's on par with what happens in Cronenberg's Fly because these are great actors He's good, in yeah, this episode, good. especially the the actress who plays the wife and then Robert Culp, the the main guy who turns into the alien. alien I thought they junior. were spectacular. But anyway, the point is. In The Fly, one of the scenes that gets everybody is when he's in front of his uh, bathroom cabinet and Mm -hmm. he's collecting all the stuff that's falling off of him and putting his teeth fall out and like whatever. And in this one, they go, "How, how are the feelings? He goes, it's all scrambled. I'm having these weird feelings. I've got a toothache in my arm. I've got a, I've got, and I'm like, 
Ew, Jesus Christ. Like, it was just narrated, but it just, there's something about that offness. It's the same thing that happens with, like, Channel Zero when you have the guy made out all teeth. Right. When things are in places they shouldn't be, it freaks me out. Like, I don't like that feeling. And he started narrating. He's like, I've got a headache in my neck. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) Like, stop talking. Uh, It was still creepy. The the uneasiness uh, really settled in in some of the, uh, the sound design. Like, when they were doing... The first testing, they were putting him in that chamber to get used to the the altitudes. There's this like buzzing noise mm-hmm. that's going on throughout, mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing, yep. kind of like David Lynch kind of kind of thing. Yep. And then um, he's like, "I'm gonna uh, turn it up seven more atmospheres," and then the buzzing gets even like higher cranked. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt like really uneasy. Totally. During the, the their whole experiment things and the the science the science fiction part of it, I just I, I could eat that shit up. Yep. Like it's cheesy, but like. I buy it. <laughs> yep, totally. I'm curious to see how he's going to survive. And I'm curious because they're, one of the the interesting things about this episode, and a lot of Outer Limits, to be honest, is they dispensed with a lot of really crucial details or backstory stuff that leave you massively hanging. But mm-hmm. for some reason... The whole story feels complete. This feels like a science fiction Edgar Allan Poe tale, like it's it's a That's loop, a start to finish. Like it's a it's a moral lesson, but it feels real, and the people in it feel real. Just mm-hmm. like you know, so it's got sort of like that magic touch. But like here's here's an example. First of all, where did the little alien come from? Why didn't they just put that? In the spaceship just crash landed well they couldn't control the little alien and second of all he wasn't going to frighten mankind into, he was a little guy, into, into, he was a little guy. and so whatever so that yeah. wasn't going to work and and he didn't look like the creature they made i mean which yeah. i'm going to get to that in a second but like so the question is where did this guy come from so here like here i'll just give you like alternate theories this is not i'm just making stuff up to okay. show you how how open the show left it one mankind visited that planet and brought him back secretly like the military uh-huh. like a nasa situation right two it visited here and we captured it right but right. they know its name they know it's from theta right which was weird because i did scientology get this from like elron hover watching out our limits editor. along with alan moore and then, and then right uh, so th- that's possible right and the and then the other th- weird thing is did they take a chimp, like a, a experiment, and create into an alien first small version, like a scientist would, to do it to a human? And there is no alien. Like, they're making the whole thing up. Right. I mean, that's how open the show left it, is you just don't know. And that's super unusual to leave something that wide open in terms of plot, right? Yeah, like, they just, like, pulled out an alien. I was like, we got an alien? We got an alien. It's got a name. Right. It's from Planet Theta. Where the hell is that? We don't, this is great. They're not going to tell us. We don't All know. Right. On to the experiment. Okay, uh, mystery number two. Um, Robert Culp, it, his wife thinks she can't have children. It's part of why they're so despairing, and Robert Culp is resigned to do the you know it's the spock thing uh when the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few you gotta sacrifice yourself so he's right. like i'm gonna die doing this alien thing probably but i'm at least i'm gonna turn into a ridiculously weird alien go on a high note <laughs> right and i'm right which is gonna make our my relationship with my wife kind of difficult even if i survive right right so like he, he knows that this is a, a bad thing for his life but He's like, I'll do it to save humanity. Like, you know, like right. noble noble sacrifice, right? He would wear a mask. So he, he's, <laughs> he's off on this mission to go do this thing. But part of what's reconciled to him to it in a weird 50s, gross, misogynistic, whatever way you want to call it, is that they're not going to have children. So, like, his life's sort of over anyway. And he's <laughs> he's so he's like, I'm just going to, like, whatever. But then it turns out his wife can't have children. So they start doing the experiment, the change on him. They start doing the transformation mm-hmm. on him. And then he gets his wife pregnant. So question, is the child... You're going to have that Cronenberg birth. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. And we don't know that either. But it's like this terrifying possibility just left open, which I love. Because it would have been wrapped up and pointed to. And if we made this right. now... Like, you know how it would have been. Like, it would have been the way life ended. That movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, like, whatever, mm-hmm. where they, they like, you know exactly what's going to happen there, yeah. right? Like, they show you, Calvin's, uh, right, Calvin's going to get unleashed, yeah. up, eat the planet, and, like, you know. So I love that they left it all open. Did you were, did you feel like that stuff was left open, or were you just, like, hooked into the plot? I was just hooked into the plot. I didn't, I didn't really get The only thing that bugged me is that, like, he was like, I will do this thing. I will land in the Capitol and tell them that there's many and more will come 
And he's like, mm, I'm going to land in the woods. I'm going to land in the woods near the base <laughs> right. and point at my wife and then go to alien heaven. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Let me defend a couple of things in this episode. And and I, as, I'm as i biased because I love the episode. But right. I'll, I'll, So these may be wrong, but they may be right. Okay. And if you love the episode too. I know. I love, I love the maybe episode. You'll, maybe, right. But the listeners, if you love the episode too, maybe these defenses will help you with some of the okay. stuff that's cheesy in the episode. So one thing I thought of, which I thought, which was interesting interesting to me was that they screwed up the alien transformation so it's like a frankenstein situation right mm-hmm. so like it doesn't look like the first alien no, so they the either other- had no intention of making the first alien or they botched it and if they botched it then that explains why he looks so ridiculous and half finished because they're bad scientists which i believe because they suck at science for most of the he you know what the doctor did not have a lot of skin in the game well i mean <laughs> He did because he loved his friend, but right. he, he was like hesitant on everything. He was like, yep. "Well, I guess we gotta turn you into an alien, Frank." Gonna crash in front of a comet. So I think the fact that he looks like a rough draft of an alien might be on purpose, and that might be genius. So that's that's the like costume design blink. defense. He that was his he, big he, thing. He they were like, whenever the camera's on him, just give us one of these. Just give us one. Of, <laughs> yeah, whatever that is. Well, wait, I'm going to tell you who was in that suit in a second. It's going to blow your mind. And then the, the second thing is like, so I like that he was sort of like an unfinished version of that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's also weird to me that when you have him at the end getting... So when he's flying, like you said, on the mission to go to the UN, he deviates course and lands in the field. But because, remember, this guy is so scrambled now. He's got headaches in his foot. Yeah, he's He's got got, a head in his foot. He's got toothaches in his elbow, right? So, like, he was like... I'm fuck these guys. I'm not. I'm gonna go see my wife. Punch it and went to the wrong place because he's all scrambled. Like he's left his right, his up is down. Like he can't steer the ship. He got close, so he did pretty good because he's a smart guy, or was a smart guy. And now he's a smart, smart. Peyton. Yeah. Right, right. But anyway, I think he, I think he missed the destination because he can't do anything right anymore. Right. That's my my. I mean, when he was trying to communicate with his wife at the end. He could barely accomplish any kind of sane motion at all. I think he was just disintegrating like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly on, right. top of, on top of being wounded. So I think they botched the transformation. And I think that explains a lot of what we're seeing in the episode and makes it very Frankenstein-y and more interesting to me. Because, you know, Frankenstein did not come out the way Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster did not come out the way Dr. Frankenstein wanted Frankenstein's monster to come no. out. Let's be real. And I think we're dealing with that situation here too. Just imagine he's like, flying that spaceship and he's like my wife thinks i'm dead she knows i'm not dead but i better see what i look like before i go out <laughs> like just ingrain that into your memory dude <laughs> how rude well and i mean the scientists here's where the thing they're they're so and this is probably true of a lot of scientists they're so brilliant at what they do or what they, they know how to do or what they've studied, but they're so clueless about like human behavior because this guy was already going rogue. I mean, he had already gone rogue halfway through the episode and tried to kill him, let the alien free. He was doing all kinds yeah. of random shit. And they're like, okay, now we now go fly to the UN and execute this complicated plan perfectly. What? I know. He was like, did I go? He's like, did I hurt anyone? They're like, no, but fuck, so shut up. But so Could I, have, right? yeah, and then but they 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 justified it by saying they made um, uh, some sort of like chemical thing for them. Like we have some right. hormone in there that'll right. straighten you out. No, nope, no. Well, you've been wrong all the way up to now, so you're probably just gonna get. Yeah, I mean, well, the the doctor looked like he was second and third guessing himself the entire episode. He was yes. like, "Well, I'm just gonna put this mask on you, and <laughs> crank these levers, and hope you don't turn into a piece of dang toast," <laughs> which is unlikely. Um, there's an amazing shot of his wife coming down the hall where she. Her shadow gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's like she's developing a belly to like nine month size, and right. it's just—I mean—they were just such cool attention to detail stuff in here that I thought was it, spectacular. This definitely makes me want to check out more uh, Outer Limits. There's way more better episodes of Outer Limits than there are of Amazing Stories, <laughs> so I, that's a—that's a valid—that's that. a valid thing. Um, there's this one thing I just wanted to tell you about because I thought you would dig this. There's a stunt man inside the fully transformed alien. Mm-hmm. Right, and this stunt man's uh, name is Janos Prohak. Prohak, Prohask, 
Anyway, Johan. And and so what this guy what what happened was this guy wanted to audition for the part. He was he was like the Doug Jones of the time. He was right. super like coordinated, could move weird, like whatever. And so for his audition, everyone came in an audition and they came in and did the Frankenstein walk and, and like whatever. And the director was like, eh, maybe. And then they, he, they, I'm just looking for a guy to be in the suit, but like, let's see how creepy you can move. And everyone would come in and do creepy, like whatever. This guy came in, said, hi, I'm Janos. <laughs> and the director's hi. And he goes, what can you do? And he flipped himself into a handstand in front of the director, took a beer bottle off the director's desk, put it down, put his finger in it, and balanced himself with one finger and one finger in a beer bottle in a full handstand. And director said, hired. So like, just, that's how he auditioned for the part of the alien. So Did I think cut the, it from the episode? I think they underused his moving talents because yeah, the like, alien doesn't get to do a lot. Imagine like, like you audition for it and then like you watch the episode air and all he does is creep behind the walls. <laughs> and you're like, but I could have fucking done that. I could have done that myself, right? And Byron Haskin directed this episode. He actually did a couple other um, Outer Limits, but he directed the classic War of the Worlds, and he was the director of one of the earliest live-action Disney features, Treasure Island. So these were these were good, talented people working on turning out this stuff. But I love his War of the Worlds, and I didn't even put two and two together that he was the one who did this episode until we... We got ready for this podcast. I'm like, oh, this is so cool. This dude lived in 1984. He was 85 years old. He died in Montecito, California. So he didn't get to see this amazing story. He, he fucking he missed. He couldn't. He couldn't he hang on for a couple more years. Too bad. Too bad, Byron. Well, maybe he's not really dead. Maybe they changed him into to an alien, and then he crashed. Uh, where would he crash? What would be the? Maybe they changed him into a mummy because that's where we're headed next. And they did change. Well, technically, yeah. he he could be a mummy <laughs> right now. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Cut that out of the episode of Grim. He's he's just chilling with some worms (laughs) and dirt. You know? That's very, very possible. Poor guy. Um, Okay, so amazing Uh, stories. Outer Limits, amazing. Uh, Oh, God. Outer Limits, amazing. Outer Limits was amazing. Amazing Now, amazing stories, yeah, is is pretty hour. Um, Talk to me about this episode because this is more in your line than mine because it's comedic and i Dude, comedy this, horror is a tough genre for me but this blew my mind okay. because you had you had wanted me to watch this episode for a little while now mm-hmm. and i was like all right i'll get around to it and then mm-hmm. i'm never gonna get around to it mm-hmm. right just like and jaws too just like jaws too yeah. i had to be harassed yep you had to be cajoled blackmailed everything yep. for like a year and a half before i watched yep. it and then i watched it and they're like great jaws three uh-uh nope sorry <laughs> nope. i'll take another couple of years of, yep. of baloney um but like you sold it to me by saying uh, it's like the Monster Squad, but like down the street. Monster Squad with adults. Monster yep. Squad with adults. Yep. And it's like pretty goddamn close to that. Like it has that same vibe, that same fun feel. It has that monster tropes in a blender feel. Yeah, dude. It's like it's like um, I don't know why it was reminding me of like um, this McDonald's Halloween horror tape that had like all the monsters in it. Because like, because well, it had that it had that fun cheesy Halloween monster movie vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's called uh, Mummy Daddy or Mummy Dearest. Mummy Daddy, probably. Mummy Daddy, because that's a line in the episode. Remember, yeah, the, the, mummy's the mummy's a daddy. daddy. The mummy's a daddy. So yeah. that must be the name. I think I think that I think that's it. And it's about a guy filming a mummy horror film, mm-hmm. and where they're filming it is cursed because of carnival or freak show had been there a hundred years ago or something like that and they mm-hmm. had a mummy that you could see for a nickel mm-hmm. in the american south because it's touring right yeah yeah yeah, yeah wherever yeah. this is they south. were definitely in the south they yeah. had a they had a draw yeah. yes. <laughs> to, to accent yeah and they had that those creepy trees that you see in savannah the with willow, like the willow yeah. yeah those always look really cool yes they do um but the the mummy uh, allegedly is still in the lands ramen Ra Amon Ka. Ra Amon Ka. Mm-hmm. Which that's a really cool name. It is very cool. I really like that. Uh, anyways, the guy playing the mummy, he's in full, like, Doug Jones garb. Let's mean, because that's, that's what I was, I, I thought yeah. about Doug Jones when that episode came out. I was like, I wonder if he had to deal, like, move around <laughs> like, like that. Right. Um, he has a kid. He has a kid, and he has to go see his wife in the hospital. It's just a couple miles down the road. Yeah, his wife goes into labor while he's filming this episode. Mm-hmm. During, during their lunch break. Yep. 
during their lunch break, and he's like, "Oh, you know, that's an that's an hour." He he, he thinks he has enough time to go see his kid, mm-hmm. come back, finish finish the movie, and then mm-hmm. that's when everything goes super wrong. That's when hijinks ensue. This is a great episode. So yes, it, here's here's the thing. So there are flaws in this episode. I like the Outer Limits episode better, but I this is definitely the second best Amazing Stories episode, and I love. I love parts of this episode so hard, right? Because yeah. I I go back so far with this, but it's it's the I don't know what to do with you as a horror fan if you don't once in your life want to see a mummy driving a motorcycle with a sidecar or a mummy through a cemetery if through a cemetery or a mummy on full on horseback like Sleepy Hollow Headless Horseman style. You know, galloping through a swamp. Like I, I, I mean, the in, or a the, mummy running. A guy dressed up as a mummy running into an actual mummy. Right, or a mummy doing attempting to do mummy martial arts moves against another he, mummy. He was gonna. He was gonna try to fight he, that mummy. He was. He was Brad Pitt, Bruce Lee, full on. Like he was like moving his arms and doing. Like he was. I mean, these visuals are so insane, and I, you know. I, all these years of watching horror, I've just never seen these combinations. It's like someone like took all the stickers off a Rubik's cube and just put on random symbols, like and right. just shuffled it around. Like there are, there are situations that a mummy should never be in. And just for those insane cracked visuals alone, I love the episode, but then it's the whole universe and atmosphere. Cause it's got that monster squad, swampy universal, not quite universal monster vibe. The effects are great. The makeup's great. All that stuff is is really really. The mummy cool, outfit right? the guys in the whole time looks really really cool. It was funny when we were watching it together, and you were like, the 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 Hollywood mummy looks better than the actual mummy. Yeah, the actual like Ra Amonkhet, Ra- Ra- the Ra- actual Ra Amonkhet. He looked like he looked like he was in a Goosebumps episode. <laughs> But the one from the film, like, was actually like kind of frightening looking. Right, which is ironic because it means that Hollywood is better, makes better looking mummies than the ancient Egyptians (laughs) did, which makes sense. But it's still kind of kind of crusty, right? Which is still kind of hilarious. So it's got Bronson Pinchot playing the director of the movie, so he's Mm -hmm. doing hilarious Bronson Pinchot things. What what else stood out to you from this episode? Mm. Well, I like the fact that he just ends up kind of living. His character, which is weird because, like, you think as an actor, like, you know, if he wasn't, like, super dumb, he would kind of be able to connect the dots. Right. But then again, he also totally. just had a kid, so he's rushing to get to his, he get is. To his wife. Um, no, just, just, it felt like, um, it felt like Monster Squad vibes with, like, Tucker and Dale comedy. That's so right. Because it's just, it's just a comedy of errors the whole time. Yep. And it gets a little meta. Which yeah. Tucker and Dale does too. Well, yeah, because the village. So the, the the show opens with the villagers chasing this mummy into a swamp, and they're mm-hmm. about ready to shoot it, mm-hmm. and then then they all cut, and then mm-hmm. he goes to see his wife, and then that's when the shizzers. And the out. odyssey of him going to see his wife is where his car breaks down, and then people try to hunt him down. He he ends up at a gas station. He's trying to gas up his car, and the people working at the gas station think they're being attacked by. Well, he's a mummy. watching the mummy. He's, he's watching, watching a mummy, a mummy or, movie, yeah. which so it's totally like the Halloween. Jamie Lee's watching something while yeah, watching the thing while horror breaks out. Right. My fa- my, my favorite thing with uh, with this episode is the actor trying to communicate with the townsfolk who are just mm-hmm. completely frightened of him. But all his whole, his entire body language is mummy-esque. Like he's like, yeah. he's like kind of like and, reaching out for and him. And he is a savage. His, when you, I, I never watched this episode with closed captions before. He's saying stuff under his breath about these people. Like, <laughs> like he's, he's in danger of his life. They are pulling a full on Frankenstein monster with torches mob together to come hunt him down. Mm-hmm. And, which is also a hilarious scene because there's the whole the townspeople trying to figure out what to do about this mummy on the loose, and then it cuts to Quint. I mean, it's basically right. Quint. They right. got a character there who tells them the story about how Ra Amkhan, and that is just his delivery of that story alone. I could just watch over and My over. My favorite over thing it. about that scene is that they're mm-hmm. in this like uh, town center you know, a mm-hmm. building or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and he's randomly in a rocking chair in the middle of the, <laughs> middle of the place. So he just so like that visual of him rocking and telling the story of Ron. Like he brought his rocking chair with him yeah. from home. to be He, had, he had one of my favorite lines. He was like, uh, we used to live somewhere that had a curse and we moved out of there. 
<laughs> and it worked. It was, and it worked. <laughs> but so they decide they're deciding what to do. And then they go out and then they're not particularly good at hunting a mummy down. There's this hilarious moment where they're trying to figure out how to kill a mummy. And it's which as dude, a horror fan go, It's the dude from uh I think it was it was what's his name? Knott's in Batman, yeah, the you're right, uh, the henchman, the henchman, the head henchman who gets shot. Yeah, he's like, give me a gun. He pulls, gives him the like, Joker, get the gun. He shoots him right there. Totally, um, Jack Nicholson puts him down. Right, that it's that guy. <laughs> but it, but the 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 setup of it is really funny because it's two guys talking here. Uh, the main kind of doofus guy who wants to lead the charge, and then uh, the dude from Alien, mm-hmm. who is sort of skeptical. He doesn't want to go out and get mm-hmm. in danger. And then in the middle of this is our guy from the gas station who mm-hmm. saw him as a mummy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are we going to do? We'll get him. We'll get fire. And then the guy in the background, as he's leaving, turns around. No, no, no. That's <laughs> Frankenstein. And, and then they're like silver bullets. And then he turns back around. That's a werewolf. <laughs> we'll drive a stake through his heart. That's Dracula. <laughs> like, the, just the comedic timing of it's that. It's amazing. It's just boom, boom, boom. It's amazing. And they're running through all these horror tropes. And then you realize, as a horror fan... That you don't know how to kill a mummy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, how how do you kill a mummy? What? Like, I, I, to this, to this minute, I don't know exactly. Apparently, to them, they do something that would never pass muster. Filming this episode now, yeah. to them, but you know, the idea of how do you do it, like. I think just shooting him was was what they were going to end the up monster with. Monster Squad, you just unravel him. Right. Well, that's that works. That's yeah, but that's not going to work Fame because we know it's not going to work because how this episode ends. But anyway, so True. like, <laughs> so it's weird because they're having this discussion. And then you realize there is no set way to kill him, mummy. So that's kind of unique. But they 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 have this guy like in threat of his life, and that's where he's a savage. Like they've caught him in their prisoner, and he under his breath. He's like, you're a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> a bunch of rednecks. He's a bunch of idiots. Like, and he's like, but I never caught it when I first watched the episode because I didn't have closed caption on at the time. But under closed caption, this guy is about to get killed and he's still he's just throwing heat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love him. Yeah. He doesn't give a shit. No. But what's great, um, so so you get you get like the, the meta call outs of like, how do you defeat mm-hmm. everything? And you're already making a mommy movie that's super atmospheric. The guy's watching a mummy film. Mm-hmm. It's just horror, horror, horror. And then. Uh, then they hit you with some more Frankenstein. Yep. Or is it Bride of Frankenstein? Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein with, Bride the, with, Frankenstein. The, with the with the blind guy. Yep. And it just it's just so out of nowhere because it, and it actually this 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 one had two good jump scares in it that I thought okay. were actually pretty effective. Like they scared me at the time. Okay. One when he goes to his little shack, right, or whatever it right. is, and it has that weird like ramen cause snake. Thing yes, the that was cool. That was pretty scary. But it just it just it. It just smacks you with Bride of Frankenstein out of nowhere. You're like, okay, he's with this guy. And then you realize he's blind and he's feeling him. And you're like, oh, my God, I know what scene this is. I know what we're doing here. They were they just went straight into horror cliches. They were like, we're going to lean into this. Yeah, just boom, 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 horror cliches. And yeah. then that's when you see Ra, Amon, Ka yep. for the first time. And that was a pretty effective reveal. I thought I thought it was it was pretty good. What's I mean, the other good jump scare? The other good jump scare was when uh, so the actor sees... Ra Amon Ka, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, shit. And then he takes off running through the woods, and mm-hmm. then it's when he eventually ends up at the, uh, I think it's when he gets to the cemetery or when he sees the hospital out on the horizon. Um, okay. He The mummy, theoretically, should have been, like, a couple hundred yards away. Like, right. he had right. space. And right. then the care of pants, and the mummy's right behind him. Like, right. it was a, che- it was a right. cheap jump scare, right. but, like, it was kind of funny. It was still effective. Because this mummy, you don't even know why the mummy's attacking him. Right. Like, nope. like <laughs> he just opened up the dude's sarcophagus and he's like, well, I guess I'm just like. No, dude, the, the funniest moment, and because there's really funny dialogue, whatever, but the absolute funniest moment in this whole show and one of the funniest moments in all of 80s horror TV is when Ra Amon Ka gets his flashlight. Oh, yeah. And then he's, like, telling the people, no, Ra Amon Ka is behind you. And behind you, the mummies, there's just this beam of light in the air as he <laughs> staggers around, like, no idea where he is. And you're just watching this mummy with a useless flashlight, like, just <laughs> everywhere. And it's the most obvious. He might as well just be, he might as well be one of those things they put in front of car dealerships that inflates. Oh, yeah, and like, like, one of those guys. And they don't see him. Like, they're just focused on the actor mummy and not the real Ra Amon Ka. But him in the background, just, like, with his flashlight, is the Funniest visual. It, it, I mean, I mean, seriously. Like, if 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 you love classic monsters, there's no chance you don't like this episode. Right. Like right. the other episode, uh, the for the outer limits one. Like maybe like some people probably won't get into it. Some people will. Sure. But like 
Depending on how tolerant you are of how effects aging, not that well. Right. Right. But this one, the effects all yeah, it's fine. were great. There's only one like effect that looked kind of cheesy was when he crashed his car. You could tell like they sped up the thing, but like yeah. it, that doesn't matter. No. Like it's still like that was nothing. Well, and that was the point of Amazing Stories was the budget was so high that it shouldn't have aged too badly, which which didn't. It, yeah, and it, like it that was it. And I was like, oh, they did a thing there, but it doesn't matter because like the mummy looks great, and then we're back on this guy, and you followed the mummy the whole time. Right. How often do you get to follow? Never. You know, the never mo- even the, when you're watching monster. right when you're watching like it's like it would be like spending all of Jaws with Bruce. Yeah, <laughs> but like you're with the mummy, and right. it's it's like it's always interesting. And like you watch it with subtitles. Yeah, because if I I, I I couldn't imagine if I had watched this when it aired, and like I would like not I would, have subtitles. Yeah, not right. have subtitles on. Like I don't know what I would have right. What I would have done because there's so much there's so much stuff that he says that would have went that yeah, that you it helps you get to know him right. Yeah. Let's talk about the ending. Spoilers for the ending because the ending is spectacular. I love how it's filmed. I love how it's executed. But one of the cool things about it, so we were watching it together. You'd never seen the episode before. And I always, it's weird because when I show people who are younger, who never saw stuff like older things, you wonder if it's going to have any impact at all. Because right. there's a lot of times where I've shown people older stuff and when it's over, they're like, that's good. I enjoyed it or whatever. But it had no real time impact because it's so aged. Yeah. That it's just not going to work anymore. Like right, there's right. so many old comedy movies, like not airplane. Cause that's still funny, but like that style where all the inside jokes are topical. Yeah. And it just like, be like watching a daily show from like the early nineties. Right. Or, like, or for like no or, reaction. I'm sure if like the kids on TikTok if they watched a scary movie, exactly like, that's huh? the perfect that's yeah. the perfect way to put it so you know we, we, we were watching this together and when it cut back and you realized that the real money mummy had ended up on the set and mm-hmm. that they were going to start incorporating them into the movie you were like i forget how you said it but you were like oh shit <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was so cool to have, watch something old and still be able to have an impact like right like with a plot twist that, because as know. soon as the as soon as Ra Amaka gets to the set the director's like oh there you are great right on time we can get these last few shots in and right. here we're gonna go keep that same energy up and then the <laughs> good, energy. Yeah. Yeah, good energy good energy good energy because the the other guy is pretty nice as a mummy on the set like right. he's a nice guy in general right so when Ra Amakar shows up he's like and the guy's like good energy that's what it is keep it going <laughs> Keep it going, and then they they wrap it like like Ra Amanka came back from all these years and got himself a film credit. Yep, yeah, Good and then him. they start they wrapping it is interesting choice of words because it yeah. ends with the director coming over popping a cigar in Ra Amanka's <laughs> mouth, which by the way is what you do when you have a baby. So I thought that was a really cool little touch at the end because they were doing because they wrapped, but like mm-hmm. he just had a child over here, the other mommy, right, and then. He pops a cigar in his mouth, and then he goes, "Let me, all right, you're done. Finally, we can get you. Let me get out of these wraps." And he starts unwrapping them, and the camera just goes to Ra Amka's insane eyes, and he is so ready to be revealed in his zombie glory and just go ape shit on everything. And it, it was, I mean, it's just such a good way to end it. Like it was, even even the, the the payoff of the uh, the wife mm-hmm. having the baby. And oh, him, that him scene getting, was great. Him getting into the hospital and him <laughs> checking into the rooms, and here. Ah, and he shuts the door. Then he opens up another door. Ah, and they throw a bedpan at him. And he's like, what the fuck? Ew. That's so good. I love that. And then, well, and then, and then the, the line from the, from, mm-hmm. from the title episode, the villagers, and, and the timing of it. Of course, I love you're calling them the villagers. Well, that's, I mean, they, that's what they are. They right? are the villagers. Totally, you know, they totally. got their torches <laughs> and their shotguns and shit like totally. that. But uh, <laughs> as, he's, as the officer's walking him out to the, uh, the big mob, the wife, comes through and she knows who it is immediately because it's obviously right but she goes well he's been coming home in semi makeup for weeks now or coming to visit at the hospital that was the setup is he was going to go visit in the hospital and like whatever right like i think the hospital is used to seeing him that way for the most part the patients aren't yeah well the doc a doc he's he's standing in the hospital and a doctor and a nurse walk by and he has his notes and he goes "Uh, someone get him some new gauze (laughs) they pay like no attention to it he's like where's my wife Where's my wife? It's amazing, but um, mm-hmm. I lo- but just just the line coming from um, our gas station guy. Yeah, when the the villagers see the wife and him holding the baby, he goes, "The mummy's a daddy." <laughs> <It> <laughs> like was so good. It's the whole time. It was so cheesy, but it was so good, and it was such an awe moment. And that's kind of like the sweetness of it. Right. You just don't get that in a horror very often in a way that works. Either yeah, horror yeah, yeah. tries to be really really sentimental. 
mm-hmm. or it's edgy emotional like a Babadook would be. So you're getting emotion, right. but it's not sweet, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like it's so hard. even when even when horror tries to do it, like there's this running theme in the 2013 Evil Dead remake where the Jane Levy, I think, is, is playing a junkie, I think, is mm-hmm. and, and people are trying to support her and help her out of it. And she comes out of that movie like so empowered. She basically that movie ends with basically her walking into a sunset, except for the sunset's blood. But but like it should be sweet. Like she's gotten over her addiction, like whatever, but it doesn't feel like sweet. Like yeah. this feels sentimental, which is cool. Yeah, no, mm. I, I, I absolutely love this. Like I just like it sucks that there's not a, a, a like a an abundance of these types of shows. There might be new ones episodes. that are good. Hmm. Well, <laughs> you never know. It'll last as long know. as Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone lasts. That's what we know for sure. Yeah, as long as that's going. <laughs> yeah, Amazing Stories will not go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Steven Spielberg's producing it though. Well, they yet. got Brian Fuller. They got Brian Fuller. Probably he's, not. He's probably not producing. Brian Fuller is really good though. He's the original creator of it, so his ghost is hanging around. Pushing it forward. He was the raw Amon Ka. He's the raw Amon Ka of amazing Of this. Yes. So which one? So you, you liked Outer Limits one? I, I mean, I, again, I don't like comedy horror is not, is not, it's not my sweet spot. So like, I, right. I like things that are like, I found the Outer Limits episode still genuinely disturbing in parts and in, in its concepts. Right. Which is weird. I did too, dude. Like I found myself getting like, it's weird. Kind of grossed out a little. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Because mm-hmm. it shouldn't. Because the effects... We've seen so much more extreme stuff than this. Yeah, but like I still felt like a, kind of like a little uneasy. Because I was like... I just and like, that's what I love. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. But it's it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. Now, the yeah, mistake... To, to close this out, they're both mistaken identity things. Which is our theme, right? And, right. You know, when I think of... I was trying to think of other mistaken identity. Because it happens all the time. You have... Like the trope where you send someone out and the people who are outside gun them down thinking that it's you sent out like I'm in a mask like the villain, but it's actually a hostage or something like whatever. You have like these horror tropes of mistaken identity, like different that the different ways they play out. And I thought the way these played out was really cool because it didn't lean too heavy on that for the meaning of what they were doing. Like the mistaken identity part is a powerful thing, but they, they, it was like the right dash of something in a recipe mm-hmm. instead of like, this is all what it's about. Right. Which I thought was cool. Right. So like for amazing stories, it was just like, it, it, it wasn't like the, um, well, I guess it kind of was a main driver, but it wasn't like, uh, I kept thinking of uh, face off. <laughs> <laughs> I kept thinking of face off, totally. which then led me to Texas Chainsaw Man. Oh no. Yeah. It's not that it was the driver of the main story, but it was cool that it that you could tell in both cases, in both these shows, these episodes, you could tell that the people making it, their interest was elsewhere. Yeah. Right? Their interest, like anyone else would have been like, this is the hook, we're going to stick to it, we're going to play out the hook. And they would have just gone with and driven it like in into your face. That's the problem I have with a lot of modern horror where... I felt like that was ironically Jane Levy that I, I felt like that was happening in don't breathe. I felt like don't, I felt like the movie had one message and it was heading straight through that message. Right. Thriller style all the way through it. Whereas these were juggling kind of different, like mistaken identity and relationships with secrets and like, you know, all kinds. Of, and the other one was just, we're going to have a fun horror scramble and like throw horror in a blender. And next thing you know, you're going to see, like crazy visuals you don't see in horror usually, which was cool. The only other mistake I did any film that I can think of of note, mm-hmm. Freaky Friday. <laughs> you remember that? I don't, but I, I know the concept. <laughs> I, but I was trying to think of it in horror, and that was, you know, you have mistaken identity in, like, the Bride of Frankenstein blind person scene. Like, mm-hmm. you have things like that, but they're just little touches. When right. it's the theme of something, that's usually what they do with it. Yeah, right? it's like imagine Christopher Nolan when he when he does like identity things like whatever. That's the theme of the whole damn time. Thing, right? time. Oh, Dude God. loves time. He does loves time. Right. Um, maybe Christopher Nolan's not Christopher Nolan. Maybe it's Steven Spielberg mistaken identity style. And we have it all solved. Well, then if he does, he needs to make more amazing stories because <laughs> Tenet's never coming out. No, <laughs> that movie's no. not coming out in theaters. <laughs> That, is, that, shit for a while. that movie is doomed. There's going to be another James Bond sequel after No Time for Dude, Time. I we forgot, still want to have seen Tenet. I forgot that was supposed to already come out. That's, that makes me so sad. That makes me I sad. I was so excited about that movie. That's, that sucks. Sucks. Okay, well, don't mistake 
your identity. <laughs> don't hold on. I, can, I see your segue. You're gonna do don't this. Don't mistake mm-hmm. this as a one trillion five star review show. Mm. Don't make that mistake. We're only a five star. Only a five star show with like thirty reviews. So make it like thirty five. Yeah. And make that your identity. Nice. And you could solidify who you put your name, address, social security, number. social security, blood type, credit card, credit with, card, with the and the review, yeah. so that your identity will not be mistaken. Uh, yeah, and never thefted. And never that, thefted. That'll work out really well. Please don't do that. And also, we are looking for other. We have a couple lined up episodes lined up after this that we've already thought through, but we are looking for other combinations of of two episodes from different series doesn't matter the time could Don't be care. super old compared to super new like whatever and the theme so hit us with the theme but also hit us with some of your favorite um lesser known horror tv series that you are a fan of because there we're looking for episodes to highlight and they're gonna we're i'm we're never gonna get through all the There's series that there were There's so many. And, and it's gonna be like there i know i just even going back just from a cursory like Boris Karloff's thriller and and Friday the Thirteenth the series, which was not Friday the Thirteenth, and all these like things like uh, I'm like oh my god, there's all these series that I forgot that had really really quality stuff in them. So hit us with the ones that you really like that you want us to include in the series. And I mean, if if we hadn't done this episode, I probably would have never watched Mummy Daddy. No, and you probably and, like, would have never watched Outer Limits. No, and like both of those were knockouts. Also, the cool thing is with the Amazing Stories one. If you're watching this. I found it on... You can watch it for free on NBC's website. So there's no excuse not to watch it. You'll get a shit to that. Do you want to warn them? I was going to say. Yes, you're going to get like 30,000 ads. I think the scientists who did the botched alien transformation in the Outer Limits episode are the people who created NBC's app. Yeah, and they're probably in charge of Peacock, which is going to (laughs) be... fucking terrible dude but but sorry, you can at least, it's, it's at least a readily available to watch yes and it's a great episode so yes. there's no excuse not to watch it it's and actually watch head of the class the other amazing stories episode. yeah they should have that up starring there. christopher that's, lloyd that is that a one that one is that like mad if you watch those two out masterpiece watch those two back to back you'll have an at least an hour and a half of yep. a good time yep totally with minus the ads, <laughs> actually, you'll have you'll, you'll have, have four hours you'll have of a four good... hours of time taken up. Hour half of that will be of shows. The other rest of the time will be of advertisements. But it's it's fine. Not Multitask. Good. All right. Well, until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror TV shows. Yes. And horror movies. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.